two, three, four. And welcome to the Alliance Podcast. And this is, I don't know, the ninth episode. And uh, we've had a great week or two, even in the midst of all of the chaos that's been going on in the world. And we had, um, as everybody knows, the podcast is covers uh, entrepreneurs uh, in the arts, in the acting world. Um, and uh, it's not just the acting world, but in any bit, uh, businessmen and things of that nature and, and law enforcement, which, which we, uh, in the last week or so, we had Johnny Antorino on, we had Anthony Montez, we had Tony Welch, and we had uh, Marcus Reyes, all from the film industry. Tomorrow, we're going to have uh, Brian Jarvis on, uh, retired chief of police, but I've been getting contacts to do fantasy football. And we, I'm big, a big fantasy football nut. In fact, I bleed and, and, and have a heart failure uh, during the season like everybody else. Karen is not with us today, so we're not going to get a hello. The, Robert the Kid Kalori uh, couldn't make it, but I have a very special guest today. And that guest is one of my dearest friends, uh, I, my best friend, actually. We grew up together, and he was um, Thomas Depriati. He played the character Thomas Depriati in my Alliance series, which, as you all know, is a web series. And also, he was also uh, he's featured in all of the books, with the third one, Alliance Storm, coming out. So, Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sal. Pleasure to be here. And, Tom, I don't have to tell you much about uh, the state of affairs and what's going on in the world right now. You're, you're walking around with a mask, right? <laughs> I am. Yeah, so it's been really difficult, and uh, I thought it would be nice to uh, to get into something a little more lighthearted. So I talk about fantasy football and the disaster of all the injuries last year, and 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 a bunch of other things. So I was going to open it up with the with the Brady trade to Tampa Bay, and I'd like to get your spin on it, on what your thought process is on him going there, and what you should expect from him. All right. Well, first of all, when I heard the news that he was going to become a free agent. Uh, I guess like most of the people I doubted, ha, he's just going to sign back with the Patriots. It'll be status quo. And then I thought about it a little more. Uh, he was deprived of offensive weapons. He didn't have much except maybe a little bit of a running game. Um, and when I found out he was going to Tampa, it, it, raised my, it raised some eyebrows. I thought, wow, he's got two great receivers on the outside in Godwin and Mike Evans. Evans. And yeah. Evans. Uh, he's got... Two really good tight ends, uh, O.J. Howard. I don't know what happened to him last year. I know he fell out of Arian's favor, but really good, as well as Cameron Brake. Uh, right. A decent running game. So I think we can expect a lot out of him, with the only exception is Father Time. He is getting older, and I don't know how much longer he's going to last, but if we get Tom Brady from two years ago, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a force to reckon with. Well, I mean, I know their offensive line is improved. They probably had their best year last year um, than they've had in recent years, and they were trying to, to build on that since 2015, and I know a couple of linemen came and went. But um, uh, I think, the, for me, uh, Godwin, I had used Godwin in, in my fantasy league. He wasn't a starter, and he was somebody that I just kind of slipped in there because of the cons whether he was consistent or not. I mean, um, I don't have to tell you about all the goddamn injuries that we all dealt with uh, last year because you went through the same thing. Saquon um, Barkley, say no more. Right, but I think they had problems with their running game, trying to figure out who was going to be the, 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 the main running back. I, I, a lot of teams, right, I guess struggle with who's going to be the lead back. Uh, and a lot of it goes down to now they want to do running back by committee, which is a fantasy nightmare. 
um, we all we are all looking for that bell cow. You know, somebody that's going to run the ball like you could say any any of these top uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, it's just all the top guys. Uh, well, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, yeah, Cook, Dalvin Cook. Uh, let's not forget McCaffrey, who won me the chip last year. You know, not for nothing. He's almost like a must get grab. If you, the problem is, I'm never high enough in the draft to get him. Never. <laughs> well, yeah. a funny story. Uh, I was in a keeper league last year, and I had Zeke was my first round pick, and I had McCaffrey as my second round pick, and. By the grace of God, only because of Zeke's holdout, um, I went and grabbed McCaffrey as my keeper. And like I said, with him and uh, I had Russell Wilson, I had uh, the tight end from Atlanta who just got traded. Uh, his name escapes me right now. But, yeah, uh, and it was, a, it was a tough year, like you said. A lot of injuries, week after week, struggling on a, a waiver wire, um, trying to make trades. Uh, it was it was a very taxing year, I think, for everybody. And I went, I, you know, I did mine through RT RT Sports, which had a, a I mean, it had a big uh, sum of money that you could win at the end. And I, I went, I went five hundred, but I was the number one seed because it, it went by points. So I had this team that I lost ten starters to injuries. I don't even want to get into the tight end rotation that I had. I mean, for Christ's sake, it started out with Ebron. And it went from Ebron to Fells to Njoku. Njoku was gone right away. Disley, gone. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't stop the bleeding in the tight end position, Tommy, no matter what the hell I did. I couldn't stop yeah. it. Well, I mean, you take the top three or four out of the equation, and it's pretty muddled. Um, you did have the kid from, uh, from Oakland, Waller. He stepped up. Um, you know what you have with Kelsey. You know what you have with... Um, uh, come on, help me out. The top three. Oh, uh, uh, Kittle, uh, Kittle, Kittle. Which, which, and which, yeah, Kittle was my guy. A monster, year. monster, monster. Yeah, last year, last year. But I mean, you know what the problem was is that when you're when you're doing a 12 team league, uh, PPR standard. And I'll have to tell you, the pickings get get thin. And I think I had the ninth pick. And I thought, you know what? I thought I did really well because in the first two picks, I was able to get Cook and I was able to get uh, Connors. And Cook, if it wasn't for Cook and it wasn't for Watson with my quarterback, they kind of carried the team because Connor shit the he shit the bed, he shit the bed with with his injuries all season long. I, I don't know what he came prepared to do, but he he was a huge letdown for me. Well, I can I can sympathize with you because in the one league I was in, my first pick was Saquon who got injured off the rip maybe after what week yeah. three, and then yeah. my second pick coming back at nineteen or twenty was Connor. So I, I can I feel your pain, brother. Well, you know, we do this frantic shit. I mean, it's so nice to talk about this and, and, not, and, not, and not other things, although I love doing Amen. my Amen. interviews. But I, I think about this and I say to myself, this thing starts, you have, you, you have to take, this is how the week starts when you get into the Chains football for me. So the first, from Monday and Tuesday, you have to take a breather because you're spent from Sunday. Just for your sanity. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then, then Wednesday, you start listening to everybody on, on serious uh, radio or whoever the hell it is you listen to. You the so-called pros. The so-called pros. The so-called so yeah. pros. You start reading shit. And then you start to put together your lineup. And then you don't sleep a wink as you go through Sunday, depending upon how they're playing. Uh, agreed. And, Very and, stressful. And you, 
Right. And you, you do that week in and week out to week 13. And then you, if you're lucky enough, you get into the playoffs and then anything can happen as you know, because of what you did to me two years ago. <laughs> well, and again, you know what? There is, I mean, as much as we want to say it's skill, there is still a ton of luck involved. Staying healthy, um, grabbing that flyer in the eighth or ninth round that ends, ends up being a bust out. Um, and, uh, you brought up a good point before, Sal, as far as the 12-man leagues where the talent pool is very, very thin. And it seems like week in and week out, you're, everybody's looking for that one or two free agent, the guy to pick up on waivers. And that's where the waiver wire comes into play. And I tell all the people that I speak to, not that I'm a professional, not that I'm an expert, but if you don't need to make a waiver move, wait to pick up a free agent. This way, you can stay at your number one or number two spot each week. But I don't understand. What makes us experts? I mean, we've been doing this for years. We've won big leagues. I placed 600 in 4,000 in the RT League, okay? And I had a 500 season and outscored, but my score, my points had me 600. You, you've won leagues. You came by behind and, and beat everybody. Uh, and, and I won this season, and then you, you beat me in the, in the championship. And you did it because you got you picked up or you had the, the foreshadow to pick up Mahomes. And you held – but you did something unique. You held on to three quarterbacks. If Correct. memory serves me, you had Cousins, you had uh, uh, Mahomes, and you had one other. Who was the Foles. other? Foles. Nick Foles. You, yeah. No, and, I'm sorry. Not no, Foles. No, 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 no. No. Somebody better than that. The starter in Philly. Philly. The starter in Philly. Oh, Wentz. Wentz. Carson so Wentz. You, you played this hand. You were behind. Everybody was trying – it was a cutthroat league. And I, I tried to yeah, – you know, it's, it's funny. I tried to get your cousin on. I spoke to Stephen uh, not too long ago because he was in this league, Steve D'Angelo. And he's right. going to do a podcast with us next week, the three of us. We're going we're to run this back and go into some other things as long as you'll come back I'm uh, to the show. But um, the funny thing is, is I, I just talked to him and I said, yeah, we're going to talk fantasy football. He goes, I could do that all day. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I said, you want to talk about last year? He goes, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won it all last year in his league. He won yeah, it. I, I guess it depends on where you're playing and who you're playing. Like, uh, I, I, the problem with me with last year, uh, I, 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 I could have I broken, literally ripped everything in half watching what was going on. I did. I, I did. <laughs> I, I, I had bright spots. I had DJ Moore was a bright spot. Sutton was a bright spot. John Brown was steady for me. He was steady. He wasn't something that was going to knock it out of the park, but he was steady. But I couldn't do anything with my tight end position. I couldn't do anything with my running back position except for Cook, and then he petered out towards the end. And I had two – even my quarterback. I had Washington carried the fucking team, and then I had – what's his name? Breeze, who went down for eight weeks. Correct. Who, if I went down the fucking list right now of how many people I lost, Tommy, I, I swear you, you could have committed suicide, uh, uh, fantasy football suicide is what I would have Well, done. staying on that note, and I'll tell everybody. Oh, you can't listening. curse on this podcast, by the way. No, okay. <laughs> but on that same note, um, the only way or the only time that NFL football mirrors fantasy football is with injuries. Everything else does not apply. Um, you can have an excellent defense that doesn't score you a lot of points. You can have guys that have semi-good games and don't get you a ton of points. You can have guys that get garbage points later on. So 
in the end, the only way that, that it mirrors is with the injuries because once they're out, whether it's fantasy or NFL, they're out, and you're left scurrying for somebody else to fill that void. Right, but we all – and I know you've often wondered this because I've, I've wondered this. How on DraftKings and anything else that anybody's on that they come up with the perfect lineup that they win their, whatever leagues we enter, whatever time we enter a contest or tournament we enter, they got to be using computers and things because I know what has to go in that just and, and I'm and I'm I'm not saying like you said I'm not a, the, the, a pro but I'm 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 pretty well educated I know how to win but right. if I, I want to win money like that and do something like that you not only need to know who's playing you need to know why they're playing you need to know who's covering them you need to know what the conditions are in the field I mean I I, I can go through a litany of shit. How do they come up with all of this? They, well, they got to be using a computer. Well, let me tell you something. I do go over who's covering who. You know, this wide receiver's got which cornerback. Is he going to get doubled? Is this guy, what's his rate on the outside? What's his rate in the slot? Um, what I really think it comes down to is inside information, that some of these people are getting information that we are not available. It's not privy to us. Um, in the end, we're all football people. Some better than others. You can't tell me that these guys can consistently win when you have 150,000 people in one tournament. It's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and you know something, I, I I I've often sat there and said to myself, you know, I I think I do the DraftKings when uh, just for shits and giggles, but I, I I do it whenever I do with anything like that. It's in lieu of or depends what kind of a day I had on Sunday with my own with my own uh, fantasy team. Um, if I feel comfortable with what I've done, I don't pay as much attention to it. If I don't like what happened that day, then I'm trying to win it back doing something in, in, on DraftKings just to make myself feel better. But um, it's terrible. It really is. And it's a difficult league, and anybody who succeeds in it, um, uh, kudos to them because it's a lot of work, you know. Oh, it's it's a lot of work, and you have to be determined. You have to be – you have to buy in, and it's it's an all-week thing. You don't just do it. You don't set your lineup and forget about it. You watch for injuries. You watch for, you know, connections between quarterbacks and running backs, quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends. So it's it's a full-time job on top of everybody else working their full-time job. Right. I, I mean, I don't know who was, who was the surprise for you. Well, I, listen, I, I lost 10, 10 or 11 starters. Um, I, I remember looking at Karen, and Karen was, was, was looking at me and going, uh, is there anybody else that we're going to lose? Like, it was just like – you almost couldn't field. See, my problem is in the league that I was in, no trades. So you can't do any trades. The, the wire, the waiver wire, basically you're not finding a gem because they picked it clean, especially by order. Oh, I think it was the amount of money. It was by money. Oh, was I, it a blind It was a blind bid. Yeah, it was a blind bid. And that was fine. But, I mean, there was people I remember. Do you remember what was his name? Who was that running back? Was it Rain? Or the one that came out in – no, 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 not Rain. Brian? Brian. Brian? What team? What, for what team? Who was the one – Rich? Brian Rich or something like that? Who was the one with Atlanta that all of a sudden everybody wanted in the last couple of weeks if uh, he needed running back help? Was it yeah. Brian, uh, uh, Brian Rich? Or I know Rich who you're or... talking about. His name escapes me. But, yes, and again, like you said, with a thin talent pool like that, with a 12-man league, everybody's chasing that one guy. Everybody. Right. And, and the whole thing with that is I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, 
somebody actually put $900, dollars $900 to get him, which was like unheard of. And, and when he, I think he shit the bed the first time, like the first weekend or something. Like he never really did anything. No. I, I don't think he really took off. I forgot his name. Is it? Is, if you get a chance, look up. Uh, I have my uh, sources here. Go to Atlanta and look up the running back. I think it's Brian Rich. Or something he, he on that roster if you can get it. I'll try to get it, Tom. From I remember story. the kid. He he actually played a few games in preseason and he looked pretty good. And I did put a star next to his name, but you know. Oh, Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Brian okay. Hill. Yeah, I mean, every now and then I get you know when when you can't figure out what day it is, trying to remember a player is even yeah. is just as bad. It's called so, old age. I guess. So yeah. I mean, that's you know, and so I guess. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm looking at what's going on with Dallas, and I'm seeing them pick up a lot of different uh, defensive players, and they're really changing the landscape of uh, what it looks like, what it looked like there from the past. I mean, the biggest problem with them that we've had, besides coaching, um, I think, has uh, been the secondary. The secondary, yes. they, they can't, over these several, the last several years, as much as they could do offensively. They haven't figured out a way to, to shut down the run. They got better against the pass, but they haven't figured out a way to shut down the run. They they get run over at times. They get uh, run and over. that and that for a defense is demoralizing for them just to line up and say, "Here's we're going to run the ball. You can't stop us." It just it wears the defense down. It exhausts them. They're on the field a long time, and that's what happens. And then somebody takes a shot, and you get a fifty or sixty yard touchdown pass, or somebody well, I mean, breaks one. Somebody breaks a run for 50 or 60 yards. It, it happens. And, and they look, I, I know Tommy's a Giants fan, and me and him have been fighting for years. And Tommy's a Giants fan, and I'm a Cowboys fan, and, you know, I don't have to tell anybody out there what that means. But uh, Tommy, uh, the Giants are, are really have, uh, I would, and it's not to say it, if, it, to, to be happy about it, but they have a road to travel to get uh, where they need to get to. But well, they've got a great running back, if he can stay healthy. They have a great running back. They have, I think, a could be a really good quarterback. I like the way he stands in the pocket. Uh, our offensive line left us something to be desired this year, but he's standing in, but he also fumbled the ball quite a bit. He's got to hold on to the ball better. Uh, I think the skill positions are okay. It's just our defense. Our defense is in a really bad place right now. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the Detroit Lions don't take Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State, because that's the lockdown that we need. He can shut down one side of the field, kind of like Darrell Reeves used to do for the Jets. Um, but we'll be, we, that'll be seen. That's another couple weeks away. That NFL draft is another thing we can point towards and uh, keep our minds off this horrible COVID that's going on right now. Well, I mean, uh, this we're not we're, as the time keeps going by and we can't figure out what Monday is and Tuesday is and when Thursday is because we're so out of sorts. Um, which the only time I can remember this happening to me was when I was on a cruise. But when I was on the cruise, uh, because it was one of those things where you can do things all day and all night, I just never paid attention to the time and the date. Right. And, but that's okay because that's rest and relaxation, and you don't mind that. But when you do it out of isolation from a pandemic, um, I think it's a totally different, uh, uh, much deeper issue. <laughs> you know? I guess, listen, I could speak – for almost all of America, <clears throat> and I've been lucky because I've only been shut down for a week. I'm in construction. I'm a plumber, and, yeah. uh, you know, I go to work six days a week, every week for the last, you know, for my lifetime, and for me to be pent up in the house for, it's it's a week today. I last worked on Saturday, um, 
Yeah, I'm going crazy. I'm starting to go crazy. I'm losing my mind a little bit. But uh, something like fantasy football or something like anything else to take your mind off the news and current events um, is, is a welcome. It is a welcome. And just want everybody to know that let's just keep the social distancing. Uh, everybody stay home unless you have to go out. Keep the elderly at home, and we'll get this through as a country and as a planet. Well, you know, the problem is is that I'm essential, so I've been working through it. But even though I've been working through it, can I just can I can I just yeah, thank yeah. you? I want to thank all the first responders and the essential for all the work you're doing. If you don't hear it enough, you can never hear it enough. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, they all appreciate. In fact, you know, I was at, I, I'm, I'm sure, like you uh, and many other people, I have to go out and take walks at times. I have to find a place to go take a walk, and I and I, I did run into some officers over on um, uh, in Tarrytown, and I had extra masks. So I gave them masks because Beautiful. they said they had, they had a shortage of masks and they didn't have any good masks. So I hooked them up with what I had and, you know, hey, that's what we got to do. But um, getting back to this fantasy football thing real quick before we move forward to a couple other things that I have you on I want to talk to you about because we're okay. doing very well on time. Um, next year, oh, this season coming up, I would imagine the three of us are probably going to end up doing something together again. I'd really right. like us to all take a look at RT Sports because <clears throat> the top prize is like 250000 And it, it, I, I don't know. I'm sure people collaborate to, to, on teams to get to the top of that. But the first 50, uh, what happens is you win, you win your league, and you get to whatever the $1,000. You put 250 in, you win your league, you get a grand. Then what happens is, is you go into the playoffs and everything in the total of the, power, uh, every, uh, the whole total of everything. And when you get to, if you get close to the first top 50, from one to 50, you either get somewhere from 250,000 to 50,000 to 10,000 to 3,000 to 1,000 on top of your money. So it's a very interesting thing to go into. It's just very frustrating. If you, if you don't get what you need right away, you're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel throughout the whole season. And that's, uh, that's stressful. Okay. Can you just give me a little more info if we have the time? Um, so how many, I mean, so it's not like a 12 man league. It's one, it's one big, how does this work? Well, no, you're in, well, you're in your own league and you can win your own league, just like me and you do traditionally. But your overall points scored is in an is in the overall league of all leagues, every single team, every single entry, and your goal is to get to the top fifty to make money on top of your money if you win your league, and then there's consolation ways of getting in and still run for all of it. But if you're going into consolations, really it's hard because you're already behind on things. So I had a unique situation last year, which was really kind of bizarre. I went five and five. What do you mean, Karen? Oh, not five and five. I went, uh, what was it? Six uh, and six. Uh, seven and six. Seven and 13. six. Yeah, I went seven and six. Right. And and there were other teams that yeah, killed it in terms of the one loss record, but I outscored everybody for the season. So but that doesn't was, come into effect until you get into the next next round. Well, well, in this league, the top te- the top seed, the, the first two top seeds are the number one and number two points scored. Then the three and the four is by record. Oh, wow. Okay. It's really unique. So you could literally be under 500, score more than everybody, and, and go into the playoffs and win your league. You as the one seed. You win your league as okay. the number one seed. I was number now, one seed. I was like, I don't believe this. But, now, you, uh, could also, you could also 
get into this second round or this, this big pool, and you could be playing somebody with the same roster as you. Well, here's how it works. As long as you continue on until you keep continuing on until they set whatever the last game is. Right. And then whoever scored the most points in the 4,000 teams, if you're in the top 50, you're going to win more money. If you're number one, you're going to get a quarter of a mil. You're going to start wow. breaking down from there with 50 and three. That's just a very interesting concept, but uh, it is something that we should look at. But um, to switch gears, because we've done this before, um, you know that – I'm going to get back into the arts because we do talk about the arts a lot here. Um, to switch gears, we did Alliance, the web series, in 2016. We did 13 episodes. You played Thomas Depriati. Thomas Depriati is one of the – if not one of the main characters in the, uh, it was in, in the web series. And he was the main character – one of the main characters in the books. And as you know, Alliance the Storm – which completes the trilogy is coming out um, in probably early May. I, I, we're just we're ready. We just want to get past some of this hardship. Um, uh, you played Thomas Depriati throughout that entire thing, and we really dragged you through the emotions. What what is your what did you get What did you take from from playing that role? How did you get into the mindset to play Thomas Depriati? Well, first of all, I want to say it was a great experience. It's the first time that I had ever done anything like that, um, and I truly enjoyed it. And, I mean, you know me. Maybe most people don't. But, uh, you know, when I grab something and I hook myself around it, I immerse myself into it, and I did that. And I, I at times, became Depriati, which, like I told you, you casted me pretty well. Not that I'm a gangster or anything, but there were right. certain – things with Depriati that mirrored my life. Um, right. As, was, as, as in Frank Reese with, with me, because I bled through Frank Reese. I tried to bleed out all of my hardships in, with Frank Reese. And you know what, which makes it easier. You, you, I mean, you're still acting, but it's, it's closer to the cuff where you could say, okay, it's acting, but not that much. You can, your life mirrors the part you're playing. Um, Depriati was an interesting guy. Uh, he had issues like we all do. Um, I just, uh, it was just a great experience, and uh, I hope I did him well. I I played him how I thought he should be played, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent. And from what you've told me, everything has been good, you know, good reviews on him. And uh, it's kudos to you and Karen for the writing you did. Well, Marcus Reyes is uh, really doing what you is a director and, and uh, filmmaker, and He's launching um, um, a new streaming service that people will be playing for that he's going to be rivaling, rivaling um, uh, Netflix and all these other uh, streaming services. Mopfi, uh, Mopfi, it's like M-O-Mopfi. Is it M-O-F-I-B, Karen, or M-O-D-F-I? Yeah, it's like one of those. A, a breakdown, okay. actually, to new television streaming service. And he... He loved, He fell in love with. Um, you're gonna you're gonna laugh when I tell you this, but he fell in love with the lion. He loved it, and he um, had VIP, which is a new series that I have a supporting role in. That I, I had talked to him about you, and uh, once we get filming, which will be on industry standard cameras, uh, which will he he has interesting um, guest stars coming in. Believe it or not, 
Um, and I'm not saying this for any other reason, but one of the guest stars that are going to be in it is uh, Jocelyn James, I believe, who was the uh, the adult film star that um, flipped, wow. uh, that flipped um, uh, what's his name, Tiger Woods on his head. Okay. So <laughs> she's got she's got an executive producer role in it, and she's also got a starring role in it. But there's going to be more than her. There'll be people coming from Sopranos, this, that, and everything else. So right. I see that for you, but we and him had spoken uh, last night, and he wants Matchless. He wants to enter into an agreement with Matchless um, for what he wants, what we want to do, or what he's going to do, is launch comedy shorts on smartphones. Okay. And launch that within the content. So that's interesting because you played a role in that in Matchless. So you did 13 episodes with Alliance. You did, I think, was it one or two? I think you did two with Matchless. So you did 15 web series episodes, right? Between the let, me just tell, let me just tell everybody how cruel he is, Sal is. <laughs> I start off as this mob boss, this big, yep. tough guy, and I reveled in that part. And, uh, we get to Matchless, and now he says to me, you're going to be a computer geek, a nerd. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if I could draw up any of my life experiences that way, but you know what? I found it more, it, it was a harder task to do that than it was to play the other role. Uh, and I think it was only one, maybe two episodes, and they were very short. But you know what? I immersed myself in it, and I enjoyed it. Well, they said a lot. And in, in what I got was I had a lot of, like, starable, but beyond starable, I had people contacting me who were starting comedy uh, streaming services, and they wanted to have Matchless on the arm. And I said, no. I said, uh, I know that the entertainment industry loves getting things for free, yeah, but correct. it's not. Right. So I want to, you know, when you talk to Marcus Reyes, you know, he, he's a good guy and he understands all these things because this is why he creates his own because he doesn't want to be owned by anybody. Right. And he even, you know, we said we're going to enter, you know, you, you do it properly. You enter into a contract, maybe you do deferred payment because you're just starting. Right. And then, you know, we have three episodes already. So I was thinking we'd shoot uh, four and do seven for a season. And then as he built up his clientele and everything went where it needs, based on how the contract was written would, would determine what the financial gains would be for everybody. Right, um, okay. And then, then, then it would have to be renegotiated for a second season. So I, I, I would imagine you would make yourself available for Matchless if, we, if, if the right uh, circumstances, um, I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to say yes or no here. This is usually Absolutely. Where... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have a code word for those who do not want to talk to me about things I bring up on the show. They usually say that's for another show. <laughs> you know, but you're not saying right. that. So I assume that you'd be open to coming into match uh, matchless if it's going to be streamed on a uh, regular service. I would. Um, sure. Okay. So that was a special thing that was announced that we talked about last night that I hadn't put out there yet because he just signed contracts uh, to get a Moby TV, a Moby, uh, TV up and running. Right. So, or Mofi, I think it's Mofi. So he, um, he didn't bring it up when I had the interview with him last week because we were talking about industry standard equipment. Uh, he was getting into the camera systems, you know, as right. opposed you guys see, want to see yourselves in 24 frames per second. You were supposed to be street smart. Tony Welch's street smart is um, uh, that went back and forth, but Tony Welch's street smart is ready with the pilot. They were going to have a big showing and it was going to be in the city at the end of um, uh, April. And we had to postpone that, which right. people are looking at now, even, and now Marcus is trying to entice, 
Tony to enter into a contract with that. But you were supposed to be, uh, you were supposed to make a little better than a cameo, almost a featured role in that. You couldn't make that. But Tony Welch likes, likes uh, your acting and, and likes you. And he said down, you know, going forward, there'd be something there where he'd be wanting to drag you into a pro into the project. Well, pro well I am, I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm very humbled. Yeah. So, well, you did a great job, Tom. I mean, in fact, you were kind of odd if you think about it. You said something about me. You said that I wasn't, I'm bad at editing, you know, with pissing people off with editing because I don't like the, I don't like critics playing me out. I want to make sure it's perfect, but I'm not a bully on the set. No, um, not at all. Not at all. No. But you, which is interesting, I find this very interesting. Somebody who didn't do Meisner and didn't do Strasberg and didn't uh, prepare himself like other actors do, you just got thrusted in, probably like something that happened to Danny Aiello, because Anthony Montez's cousin was Danny Aiello, and what a lot of people don't know about Danny Aiello is everything started for Danny Aiello when he was just working on a play uh, as, as uh, taking care of the lights and the this and that and whatever he was doing, and then all of a sudden, the uh, the creator of the play liked him and said, hey, why don't you do a little of this? Why don't you do a little of that? And then we all, we don't we don't have to get into what happened to him because we know how you know how his career went. Right. In the so you come in like that, but as time went on, <coughs> you started to develop the personality that I see on some of these big sets I go to, where you don't like it if people aren't prepared. You don't like it. You 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 got that because you're very good with your scripts. So you so you can talk a little bit about that. I don't want to put you on the spot. If you want to save it for another show, that's fine. Uh, without because I don't want to talk about anybody. But my no, go ahead. Is, is go ahead. That's fine. You, how did you? When did that happen to you? And then without talking about people, because we don't want to. Everybody did a great job on the lines. So I love Correct. every single one Correct. of them. What got you into that mode? It was to make, start making you think that way. All right. I want to say it was probably after the second or third episode where I finally got comfortable in my own skin, so to speak. Um, and, of, of course, we all have our A jobs. We do what we do. But here I am finding my time with whoever I had, my girlfriend, and whoever would listen to me and, 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 and read lines with me that if I'm trying my damnedest, well, you know what, then you can try your damnedest too. Not to say nerves don't get to you, which they do, but it's just disrespect. I don't know. If I can try as hard as I can, you should. Maybe they did. I, I don't know. But, yeah, you did catch that. I did get a little aggravated. Um, a little cranky. I, I, yeah. I think maybe I caused some of that because um, – and this, this is something – I remember uh, an interview with, um, with William Shatner. William Shatner had said that, um, you know, I'm the one that they're dropping all this – dialogue on i'm the one who they're changing the dialogue on five minutes before the show and lennon nimoy gets the enemy <laughs> well hold on hold on i could segue into that i remember you and karen changing your lines driving in the car and you had my script change up on the dashboard and you sent it to me you said this is changed you got to learn this <laughs> i'm like wow how messed up is that you remember uh, that? I, I, I you remember that? I, I, be, I believed in you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, kudos to you. That took a, that took a big pair. Because I remember even Karen sitting next to me looking at me going, he needs to do this now. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like uh, um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I get like, uh, I got really bad, I guess, with it. But, uh, 
look what happened. I mean, it, it became a cult thing. You had 13 episodes. You can't go into a bar on on, on Maranick Avenue. You got to be careful. And, and you know, we're talking about Brazen Fox. We're talking about Lazy Boy Saloon, Ron Blacks, all the places we held dear to without somebody somewhere running into you and going, aren't you Thomas Depriati? Didn't you do Alliance in here? Didn't you? And you got to be careful with that because there's some responsibility that comes with that. So, well, uh, well listen, I've, I've never gotten noticed like that. Um, well, and, that, you, and, you got noticed in a grocery store. You got noticed by you, – you, come on. You told me one time you were just standing there, and it was just, somebody said something to you, and you were like, what? The one guy <laughs> – yeah, the one guy in Mount Vernon at, uh, at Cruz's Deli, the old father's market. Uh, mm. I walked in. He goes, I know you. You know me? I'm like, nah. And he goes, you a cop? I said, nah. And then he mentioned <laughs> your name. And he goes, but I know you. I said – and, you know, just out of sheer – I don't know, just uh, could it have been from Alliance? That's where I know you. You're the mobster. I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, the one and only time. Well, you know who gets a big, uh, who is it? Uh, is it Michael? Michael Capone gets a big a big kick out of you. I didn't know Tommy did that. And then he sees the things. Neither, neither did he. <laughs> well, well, there was, because there was some very, um, in the show, and I can, and I, I, I can tell you precisely which ones they are if you want to hear them. There were there were two times that we had such deep deep uh, moments um, that I, I know I think about them. Over. One of them was in the stairwell. Stairwell we, in the stairwell, Frank White Plains. Frank and and and, and Depriati are having it out. Um, even though totally totally ad libbed. Totally yeah. ad libbed. And, and it's killing them, but they're having it out, and they're and they're and they're separating. It's before your eyes, even though they're fighting it as best they can. And then there was the big brawl uh, between the uh, Crespo character, who originally, um, I'm going to go back now, uh, uh, Chris Laird plays him, and it was Cres- the Crespo character, and then it was, it, actually he was called Cross in the Correct. show, but we changed that because of, 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 of legal, legal ramifications. Legal reasons, right. Yeah. And um, so there was Crespo, there was Frank, and then there was Depriati, and they were at uh, uh, Pearson Park in, in Tarrytown, and they just went at it for probably a good 20 minutes. That was the storm. The storm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was named that. And that was, that was a super aggressive thing. Um, and then I think the, the last episode uh, where I can't, we can't talk about it because the third book has some of these things in it. We don't want right. it. We don't want to mess it up. But I know what you're getting at. But I'll tell you this, and you're probably going to be interested in this. You've read the beginning. You read the fracture, I think. And now you have the storm coming out. And I can tell you that your character had several things happen to it. Uh, towards the end of that, that were not going on uh, in the show, uh, and, and and it was things that we talked about doing that right. we got to do in the book. So you're going to be very surprised by the ending, um, which I'll tell you, a lot of great actors were in that, and uh, Brian Fiorio did a hell of a job with Jimmy Turner. Sure did. Uh, eerie, really very eerie, creepy. Yes, he was. Shit, um, and what a fine actor he is, and he sells it. In fact, he did show up in the Street Smart. Uh, he made a cameo in, in a featured role in Street Smart in that one scene. And then uh, I can go on and on with everybody else with Bobby O'Neill playing that 
three cool Benny, Benny character. Benny. Right. My right hand man. My right hand man right there. Yeah. And and I don't want to get too deep on all the alliance stuff because there's so much coming out with the book. I'm going to be detailing all the characters and all the actors. Of course, it was Colm, uh and Colm and was Flat. awesome. It's well, Colm Flattery as Flats, who he shows up in um, as Patty. He shows up. He doesn't. Every other character that shows up in Street Smart is in the character they were in my book, except for him who plays Patty the bartender. So he's the only one who has that different, uh, the, the difference there, the virtue of having that difference. But right. anyway, we're going to definitely, I'm going to have you back for a fantasy football podcast uh, going forward, which I, I, what I wanted to bring up was really bizarre. I, I probably said this earlier, is that I just got an email uh, from some specific individual who had podcasts and said, Are, you know, I see your stuff is moving. Are you doing fantasy football? And I'm like, why would he ask me that? And maybe they they figured out there was some connection with, you know, all the activity that we all have with that. But at any rate, I sent him back, yes, we are, and yes, our podcast will have it. Um, And I don't expect to be as confusing with who we think is going to play well as all the crap and shit we hear all week long from everybody. Well, this guy might be good. That guy should be okay. You should start this guy. I wouldn't start that guy. Oh, uh, well, you know what I've noticed in the last five to seven seasons in this fantasy football is, think about it, how many guys repeat as the number one point getter? Um, I can go back to years ago where you had Sean Alexander, you had Priest Holmes, even LaDainian Tomlinson when he was with the Chargers. Those guys had a run. Um, you don't see that too often anymore. The guy that, like McCaffrey, was number McCaffrey, one. McCaffrey. Okay. Yeah. How does... How can he possibly duplicate what he did? I mean, you, you, you think with the information you're given, but there's also regression. There's a lot of other things involved in that. Now, he's probably going to be the consensus number one pick, followed by Michael Thomas, I would guess. Um, but that's something to take a look at at the end of this upcoming season. Trends. Trends as far as the, the number one point getter this season before. Whoever had him would get a guaranteed 30 to 45 points a game. I mean, I, I don't think he shipped the bed but once last year, and he's been consistent. Two games. So, two games against Tampa Bay, who's has a, who has an excellent run defense. Those were the only two. Right. So, I mean, and that's, that's really interesting. So, you know who you want to get next year, although there's been a lot of people changing uniforms, um, and that does change the way they play. Sure it does. The um, landscape changes. Sure it does. I, I mean, I, I would think the only way that Brady does well, and this is my prediction, and then I'll get – we're going to close this out with, with a prediction on how Brady does. But the, my, my prediction is he speeds up the game. That's what he wants to do. He wants to speed up the game. If he can't speed up the game with what he has – and let's face it, uh, no matter where you go, you're going to have a lot of injuries and things like that that slow that down. If that – maybe that line, which was okay, gets really better if he doesn't get hurt gets really better because he, he has sped everything up. When you speed everything up and you're accurate, you change the whole game. If you can't do that, so this is what it's going to come down to for me with him. If he can't speed up the game and he doesn't have the people or the chemistry with the people there, he doesn't have Edelman there anymore to bail him out when all, all the shit goes down tubes. If he can't speed up the game, then he can't, he can't save everybody else around him. And that's what it's going to come down to. So if they can't, they can't, that's my prediction. My prediction is, is he'll do as well as how quickly he can speed up the game. What do, what do you have to say? 
okay, and I think I said it before, his age might have something to do with it. You know, you remember that Peyton Manning when he went to Denver and he yep. had those two phenomenal years or three, yep. and then midway through that last season, he just lost everything. And age is something that you could not train for, you could not hide from. It's going to come and get you. Um, so wait, wait a second. Are you saying? Are you saying to me that you think he's in in Manning's moment of when Manning was on the decline in Denver? Well, or are you no. saying that's the way he would fail is if he was? I think age is the only thing. Listen. I'm not a big Brady fan. I'm a Giant fan, so he doesn't scare me. Okay. Right. Well, but because you, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you have to give the guy kudos to what he's done. And this year, this coming season, he's going to have more weapons than he's had in quite a long time. So, can he have a great season? Can he be QB three, QB four? Possible. Only Father Time will tell. That's what I'm saying. We'll know once he gets in there, once he takes a few shots, okay? Maybe the game now does slow down for him, being that he's a half-step slower. Um, okay, okay. So you, you know, both of us knowing what he brings to the game, you're shading the idea that if Father Time is, is, is sitting on his shoulder, never mind what he can and cannot do, he's just not going to have the ability. And I'm saying, which is probably similar, that if he can't speed it up, he's not going to have success. That's, that's, I, I, he's not going to, in my mind, and, and you, could, you could correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's going to be able to go in there and methodically, uh, uh, you know, be with that team in one year and methodically just, you know, go down the field. And, you know, he's going to have to speed it up. Otherwise, that line's okay. It's not the greatest line. It's okay. And his legs don't move all that well. I, I don't know what changes they've made to the offensive line, if any. But if they can give him some time, then, yes, he can be dangerous, very dangerous. But, again, went, how, how old is he now? How old is he? He's 42. Okay. Listen, we played Spongeball. Playing Spongeball, yeah. I know it sounds silly, guys, but we played Spongeball our whole life, okay? Yeah. We played at 19 and 20, and then we played at 40. Different ball of wax, no? Yeah, I, I think the last time we played, me, you, and the Slanos and all that. Quite a few years was, ago. It was, but I think it was in the early 2000s. The 20 last years ago. time we played. Right, but even if you think about that, though, what, what, 50s, in our 50s, 53, 40, we were probably in our middle 30s, and we still were able to bring it. We right. were able to bring it in our middle 30s. But now, <laughs> Sal, but we're talking about in a SpongeBob street oh, type of way, right, not right. the best of the best in the world. Right, being chased around and being run over by a by by, uh, by, a, by a guy that's six four two eight that runs a, a right, absolutely. So, but it's it's going to be an intriguing season. Let me ask you, what do you think about Lamar Jackson? Well, uh, he shit the bed too towards the end. Uh, here's my theory on this. I'll, I'll say this, and, and I know me and you have a differences, but we also agree at times. In fact, I think sometimes you're surprised. Um, by how, how much I pay attention. Oh, you um, do? Yeah, I, you get surprised by it. You actually go, all right, he's not he, – he actually knows – because I know that you pride yourself on what you do. There's nothing wrong with that. But you pride we all yourself do. On, that's yeah. what makes us that's – right. that's why we love this game. 
But because of the things I have going on and, you know, I'm doing all these projects, something might drag you into, I think sometimes you get the notion that he's not paying attention. But then I do what I do and you go, wait, he's paying attention. He's paying attention to whatever level he pays attention to. It's in your blood. It's in, yeah, we, so, listen, we're, we, we've been hooked for 20 years. We can't stop. When you, talk, when you look at Lamar and you look at Watson, the same thing, any time that the rest of the team doesn't cooperate with you, or you carry it for most of the season, and you're not that kind of guy, somewhere in the end, you're going to peter out. You're just going to peter out. And that's what he did. He petered out. And that's what Watson did. He petered out. Watson went from Superman to fucking, because he just couldn't do it anymore by himself, because you just get worn out. Not to mention all the okay. stuff and injuries. Let me answer to that. I, I wasn't a Jackson fan. However, he does take that, that run capability, better than anybody I've ever seen, from Randall Cunningham, go back to Fran talking, go to Michael Vick. He does it better than anybody, Sal. Well, I've I, never I, seen anybody run the ball like this. He runs like a running back. Well, we and, got, we got, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're short no, on ahead. time. No, we got a few uh, minutes because I want to get a and, point in, but go ahead. And, and his accuracy that wasn't there was there, um, and he had a great season. Can he duplicate it? No, but even if he has – even if he drops in his passing – I think he can still be a force to be reckoned with. Not number one, not top quarterback, maybe, maybe not. All I can say is that if somebody had him in their league and didn't win their chip, shame on you. The rest of your team, you did something wrong. Right, but you know, and I've said this to you before, any quarterback, any quarterback who has to run and do those things that much, from Cunningham to Vic to RG3, it hurt. Eventually... They're going to get hurt. And I'll tell you another one who is the same way because I pay attention to detail. He thinks he's a goddamn fullback when he's playing, and he's not. And that's Wentz. Wentz is another one. You, it's not that he's injury prone. I watch what he tries to do. He tries to run over people. He tries to do what he's doing on the line. I look at him, and I'm going to myself, uh, uh, the, if I was a coach, I would grab him and say, hey, listen, I don't need you to tone this down. It's youth. It's youth. It's yeah. competitiveness. Trying to, trying to fight the extra yard to get the first down to keep the drive going. But he gets uh, his head taken off yeah. every yeah. time. Uh, you know, and my thought process is, is I watched RG3, and I went, oh, my God, he's killing everybody. He's playing everybody. He was playing the Cowboys. Boom, he got hit, his knee, done. He was never the same. That he was the coach. Was that was on Schottenheimer. That was yeah. his fault. Well, you, you, don't, you don't think the same thing's going on with Wentz in some respects? Can I make the argument? Can I make you the argument? You can make the argument. You can. You can. Okay. But, because I watch that. What gets me, with, and I'm going to close in a minute, what gets me where I go is I pay attention to the little things. I look and I go. I don't talk to you about them all the time because we're usually playing against each other. That's and I don't correct. want to let Absolutely. anything out. So I, I look and I go, look at this motherfucker. He's doing this and that. He can't do that forever. You know what's going to happen to him? He's going to end up with a cleat up of this. And you know what? Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> done, and guess what? He's gone. He's gone. And I know because I can tell by the way that they're playing based on the box. What's the other, who's that other guy that every time he comes out, he gets hurt. He's faster than the speeding bullet. What the hell is his name? The wide receiver. He was with the Eagles. He was with, what, what's his name? Deshaun the, Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, great Deshaun Jackson. For what? For two games? For two games? Well, those are the, those are the, that, but that, listen, be thankful for those team owners. Take them. 
Take him. You know what? You'll be in ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th place. That's fine. You'll never get to play him. And I think there was one. I'm going to close in a minute. There was one other guy me and you had. Uh, I don't know who it was. We used to talk about how about him Will? Time. How about Will Fuller? How about Will, Will Fuller, Fuller from the Texans? Another guy. Will He's Fuller, a blazer. Yeah. He's another one who blows yep. his hamstring out. They don't try to – I know you want to play your best, but a, a little conservative here and there with how you're doing things, it will keep you playing more than five or six games a season. Correct. And, and I that's don't, something to be taken into consideration. Injuries. Right. And I think, really, that's why Witten had a lot of – Witten, he's full of shit, I get it, but Witten, I believe, has an approach to the, to the game where he catches the ball first. And I, I know you're, that, that, that sounds like a cliché. But it's no. not. You no. catch the ball first. And then worry and about who's around you. Then you worry about what's around you when you start moving instead of being reckless with yourself all the time. Now, sometimes you got to let it fly. I get that. But there are moments, some more than others, where you have to start to consider how you're playing so that you can continue to play. Well, as far as Jason Witten goes, and hear me out, and I'll tell you right now, you know how I feel about the Cowboys. The best thing about right. the Cowboys are the cheerleaders, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason Witten, nobody better than going downfield, right down the seam, right down the middle, and splitting the zone and catching the ball. Nobody better. Right. Well, we got – listen, I'm running out of time. Um, uh, give me a quick up and down. Um, Jason Garrett, is he going to be good for the Giants or bad for the Giants? Yes um, no? Yes. Good as an assistant coach, horrible as a head coach. Okay. Listen, I love having you on. Uh, I'm going to have you back if you don't mind coming back. Um, Absolutely. And uh, we'll look forward to getting past all this stuff and getting back to uh, life. And like I always say, keep I keep my Makers 46 close. I'm sure you have your own poison. And, I do. Uh, you know, in times like this, you use them for medicinal purposes. <laughs> all right, listen, I want to thank Please. you for having me. Thank you for yep. having me, all right? And stay safe, my brother. Love you. I'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Love you, too. Peace. Bye.